Welcome to the Real Driving Man podcast. I am John Henry, and today we're going to do an episode of Bipolar Talk where I discuss something related to mental illness. Um, I have other episodes called Self Therapy where I just rant about whatever I want to talk about. But this, in this episode today, we are going to talk about drugs and alcohol and how to use them safely in relation to having a mental illness. Now, I'm going to open with, as always, I am not a doctor. This is all anecdotal, experience-based advice. If you want more scientific advice, I would obviously recommend your own doctor, psychiatrist, psychotherapist, whatever you have. Or if you want a podcast, and not that it needs a plug from me, with more scientific information, please refer to Andrew Huberman, his podcast. He has a podcast on bipolar and alcohol and marijuana and nicotine and amazing other podcasts where he's much better at breaking down scientific information. And in this episode, I'm going to just do my own take. But this is actually something that kind of came from him. If you have a mental illness, bipolar, schizophrenia, whatever it is, the safest thing for you to be able to do is be sober. Just sober. It's boring, I think. But if you do have a mental illness, if you do intake a drug, drugs tend to increase dopamine. And like I said, this is, if I'm wrong on this science, feel free to correct me. Because uh, this is like not my area. I'm, I'm really just repeating stuff from Huberman. Um, but drugs tend to increase dopamine, or with psychedelics, they do tend to increase serotonin. And at least in bipolar brains, if you increase serotonin or dopamine, you are going to increase your propensity for psychosis. And it's something that can be hard, but we need to be aware of because those states aren't fun or pleasant and they can really ruin your life. And being sober, you can t- tend to just avoid those states altogether. Obviously, there's other reasons those things could manifest for a number of other reasons. Life is very complicated, but adding drugs to a mental illness is a good way, especially if you're doing it in an unsafe manner with a lot of excess use to land yourself in a psychotic state, a depressed state, a very undesirable state. And so the safest thing is to just be sober. I could just end the episode here if I wanted to, but, 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 why is that so difficult? Why is it so difficult for us to be sober? Um, I do want to say this is not, this is based purely on my own experience, but I, I have found that as someone with bipolar, I really enjoy drugs. My favorite is marijuana. I grew up in Colorado where it was legal, so that does tend to help. And I don't know if it's due to the fact that we experience high emotions with bipolar, but drugs always felt very, very good Um, to to me. And I've had other people in my life who've had bipolar, like my mother and several friends, who've also been very attracted to drugs like weed and alcohol, because I do think you probably experience a unit more pleasure per unit of pleasure than your average person due to having a mood disorder. 
Again, that's totally based off of feeling and my own vague samples from friends. So there's no science behind it. But that's my own personal opinion that if you do have a mental illness, you may end up really liking drugs. Or maybe you just have major depressive disorder and you're usually kind of struggle to be a happy, cheerful person and drugs can put you in that state. Or maybe it's your personality and you have a more introverted personality, but you do like to be extroverted at times and drugs can help you feel that way. There's a lot of reasons people use drugs. Their lives are shit, you know? Sometimes you have a shitty life and drugs feel good. There's so many reasons to use drugs, but I do find that a common time when people start to use drugs is around 18 to 22 college years or your young adult years when you're moving from being with your parents to a different, I don't want to say lifestyle maybe, but a different way of living. You lived under your parents for 18 years, usually, obviously, there's exceptions, and now you're kind of having this time in your life where you get to reinvent yourself and that can be new and exciting and that is often accompanied by drug use uh, especially drugs tend to be used in a social setting and if you're going to a new college or you just move out of your parents house and you have a bunch of new friends and you're going to new parties there are these new drugs and drugs can be a very social event and you don't want to be I, I hated not feeling a part of things, and sometimes when you did drugs with people, you felt like you were a part of things. And especially at that time in your life when your brain's not fully developed, but you're technically an adult, I think it's important to understand that while the safest thing is to be sober, that can be very difficult. And so if you are a person who is going to try to use drugs and alcohol, especially if you're in this kind of 18 to 22 range, you need to develop a protocol or a way of going about it that is safe. Because like I said, especially if you have a mental illness, drugs can lead you to a very dangerous place. And the reason I did this episode was because all my life, I was told, don't do drugs, don't do drugs, don't do drugs, don't do drugs. It's like, why? They're like, just don't do them. And I'm a stubborn person, and I'm, I didn't like that answer. And a lot of times, people who tell you don't do drugs, it's coming from a good place, but they've never done drugs, and they can't tell you why. And that can only make it more enticing if you're a stubborn person like me, because it's kind of this forbidden fruit that you can't have. And more importantly, then you end up, like me, in certain situations where you feel like you have to do so much of the drug because you were never taught how to approach it in a reasonable way, and you can end up with a lot of bad side effects, sometimes not even relating to your mental illness. I'll tell a quick side story here. Uh, when I was 20, I was working in a call center, and I met this girl, and... I was head over heels for her. And one night she came over to my hangout at my apartment and she'd just broken up with her boyfriend. And when she came over, her and her friends started to get really drunk really fast. And she starts kissing her friends as some girls do when they get drunk. And then she came up and she kissed me. And I had never, I think I'd kissed one other girl in my life. And my brain was like, 
we're just not doing this tonight. And I fell down in the couch and I looked at the bottle of vodka and I just grabbed it and it was like a liter bottle. It was huge. And I chugged like a third of it. I drank so much alcohol. I don't remember the night very well. Uh, she ended up in my bed and um, I was so drunk I couldn't get a heart on even if I wanted to. But she ended up going home. Nothing happened between us. And five days later, she just wanted to be friends. And I ended up in the hospital for acute pancreatitis. I didn't even know what it was. Um, what it is is the ants in our cells in your pancreas digest or break down alcohol into a toxic byproduct that clogs the ducts of your pancreas that usually lead it to your intestines and help digest food. But the, the toxic byproduct clogs those ducts, so those enzymes get stuck in the pancreas itself, and it begins digesting the pancreas. It's unbelievably painful. And I didn't even know what it was called, and it was one of those unintended side effects. Now, I want it to be known that I did read an article that said people with bipolar uh, it was a study out of Britain. I don't remember exactly where. People with bipolar have an increased likelihood of acute pancreatitis, and I have a family history of gut issues. But the point is to illustrate that sometimes with excess drug use that's not controlled, you will end up with side effects you had no idea of. And because of that, I can barely drink alcohol today. I'll have maybe three or four drinks a month. And so you have to have a process if you're going to try drugs, especially in this young adult phase, that can be safe and safe and also something that you can follow. Now, moving on how to do that. There's a really uh, this great bit I love from Burt Kreischer. I can't remember what special in his it was, but it's a special, and he's talking about how his daughter's going off to college, and his m wife talked to their daughter, and she finished, and he came over and told her, whatever your mom said, that's fine. But when it comes to drugs, take half. Wait half an hour. If you like it, take the other half. Now, whatever you... Oopsies. Hit the mic stand. Got a little excited. Whatever you think about Burt Kreischer, I think that method is actually a really good approach for drugs because it's simple and it's something you can follow and you still get to have fun. Now, I think there's many other ways you can develop, but you know, many, many other methods or approaches you can develop for trying drugs, but that's one that's very simple that I like. If someone offers me a drug, any drug, I take half of what they gave me and then I wait I see what the onset of that drug is because there's you know many different types of drugs and if I like it I pick the other half and continue or I just yeah I guess it's not for me I can just wait for this to wear off and what that allows you to do is it allows you your body to register the effect of the drug and if it is something that's really bad and starts to make you a little manic you know just in a state of mind you're not comfortable with it, it, it caps it because you took half of it and you can say, I'm not going to take any more. Now, this is a time, especially when you're young, sometimes you do think, well, what if I take this different drug and I'll make the feeling be better? If you take a drug 
and you don't like the effect, the best thing to do is for wait for that drug effect to wear off, go to bed, there will always be another weekend. It's really easy, <laughs> I speak to this from experience, of when you take a drug that doesn't have a desired effect, to go to another drug that you know has an effect and try to substitute or paint over the drug you just took. And that's a really great way to make your mind go crazy as you just give it all these drugs. Especially if you have a mental illness, that's something you don't want to do. Sometimes it's best to just admit, that was not my drug, tonight is not my night. Because, trust me, trying to force it into you know fifth gear and go full throttle, sometimes things are best left in third. And you can try another night. And it's just a way to... You got to know when you're beat. It's important in anything, but know when you're beat. Tonight's not my night. And that being said, there's some drugs like I would just avoid entirely, even if I wasn't, uh, didn't if I didn't have bipolar. Like anything with a needle. <laughs> I think if you're injecting yourself with a needle, there's like a lot of steps that got you to that process, and. I never, that was always like a hard rule I had for myself. And it's a common rule a lot of people have. Anything with a needle, I don't want to try. Which, and like I said, I'm not like, I'm not Joey, the Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz is a very funny comedian who is addicted to cocaine and heroin for 20 years. He has way more experience with drugs than I ever could. Um, So like I said, I'm just speaking from experience, but a drug you really need to be careful of if you have bipolar is cocaine. I've done it, and it is unbelievably fun. It is so much fun. Don't let people lie to you. Cocaine is a ton of fun, and that's why it's dangerous. That's why it's dangerous. People could not say, why don't you do cocaine? They don't want to say, because it's a ton of fun, and it's all you're going to want to do, and it's going to consume your life. That's what addiction is. And also, like I said, I feel like if you have a mental illness, drugs just dial things up. When I took cocaine, it was right after the night I got laid. And it was right after Christmas. And I ran around watching Christmas lights, singing Last Christmas, or looking at Christmas lights. It was amazingly fun. And I came back after running around the neighborhood to my sister, who I did it with. I'm like, Jenny, I think I like cocaine. She's like, that's why you're not getting any more. It is a very, very addictive drug, and it's addictive because it's very, very fun. But why is that dangerous? Why is it dangerous? Well, drugs like cocaine spike your dopamine. And my psychiatrist explained it like this. A lot of things increase dopamine. Your phone, little things, they do little, little, little spikes in dopamine. All drugs increase your dopamine. But the danger of drugs like cocaine is that it skyrockets your dopamine. It's why it's so much fun. But how the pain-pleasure circuit works in your brain, what must come up must come not only down but below baseline. So if you, you may feel great if you're on cocaine, if you have something like bipolar. But when you come down, 
you are going through the ground and you are going to feel unbelievably depressed. And also, you know, you have dopamine receptors. When you spike your dopamine like that, you fry those receptors. And so you get so numb to experiences because those receptors start to, especially if you get addicted to these drugs, they need these massive spikes in dopamine to feel anything at all. And so it's also why your phone can be very dangerous, but that's a different issue. So drugs like that, it's not when I said don't avoid entirely, but be very careful of. Another drug to be cautious of, especially if you have bipolar, is psychedelics. Really, as a person who has put himself in a lot of bad states due to high doses of psychedelics, like I said, I'm not going to say don't try them, but really, if you're trying mushrooms, try to stay to a gram or two. Know the substrain of the mushroom you're taking if you're taking mushrooms, psilocybin, and know if this, this strain may have increased potency. Yeah, that's a very good thing to know. And also realize that psychedelics also increase serotonin, which can increase mania as well. And it can put you in a lot of bad states. I've put myself in those states so much so that I don't really consume psychedelics at all anymore. Except I will have mushrooms in very low quantities, like a gram or two, no more. Because I have so many of those bad states due to my own hubris. And it is another one be very careful of. Another one is like Molly and MDMA. It can be very fun. I've done it as well. But again, be very careful with what you're taking. Molly can have a very bad come down. I'm no expert in all these drugs. These are just from experience of, of my own. And there's a lot of other ones. I don't want to get too caught up here. But I hope this can illustrate where you really have to have a logical approach to how you try these drugs. I think to transition to more safer drugs you'll more encounter, like alcohol and weed, have a limit. Like, okay, tonight, I usually, before I go out, if I go out now, I'll say, okay, I don't drink a lot at all. Like last night I went out, and one drinks a lot for me because I never drink. So I said, tonight, the maximum, the most number of drinks, if everything went amazing and you had a crazy night, would be two. And try to keep it in that ballpark. So say if you go out, if you're a more normal person, say, oh, tonight I'm not going to have more than six drinks. Six is going to be my ballpark. And by setting that ballpark, you can, like I said, start to gauge your reaction. And, you're, and you can think, well, I'm at three drinks. I'm doing okay. I'm going to proceed as cautioned. Same thing with weed. Oh, if I usually, if you're not trying anything, take one hit. See how you feel. Wait a little bit and try it again. And as you continue to try these drugs, if you can do it in a safe manner, you're going to start to see where that sweet spot is. I think it's kind of like a U-shaped curve where you can increase you know, increase the fun, but then there's a sharp drop-off. And you've got to find out where that, that point is for you. And it's different for everybody. And this is not a hardened model of an approach for drugs. But it's my approach that I want to get out there for people so that they can feel like they can experience life and these drugs, which can be a lot of fun, in a safe and effective way and not feel so scared and 
unknown. That's what I felt with a lot of drugs, especially as I got into trouble with them because I didn't know. Now, moving on to how how do I use drugs in my life? Well, like I said, I really like to experiment with a lot of psychedelics because they're almost religious with me and all those experiences were very impactful and I wouldn't trade them from the world for the world, but they were scary at times. I had to be hospitalized a couple times and I wasn't always responsible and I caused a lot of damage at times with my usage because I was going into the excess. I was taking five, six grams of mushrooms at once. Not a very safe thing to do. And it can get you into a lot of trouble. And I, I tried a lot of various psychedelics, such as LSD, mushrooms, MDMA, DMT. And I've had a lot of impactful experiences, And to be honest. And I don't didn't want to make this really about me, but they were some of the most impactful experiences of my life impact me to this day and I realized I'd reached a point especially after my last big psychedelic trip which was DMT which the trip itself kind of people say that when you go to you know do DMT you go to the DMT realm and you meet the elves and they may take different forms my trip wasn't kind wasn't like that exactly but there was kind of a a voice of the trip and the voice of the trip said to me, not in words, but through intent, that if you try to come back here again, i.e. if you try to do psychedelics again, we won't let you leave. And that's one of the big downfalls that can happen, especially from psychedelics, but also from things like edibles, um, edible THCs, edible THCs, edibles, obviously. High doses of edibles can be very psychedelic-like, and they can put you in states where if you take so many, you will be permanently stuck in a psychedelic trip. And let me tell you, that is one of the fates that is worse than death. You do not. And I've known comics who've gotten stuck there. That's a fate worse than death. And it's one thing you really need to be careful with. And it's why with me, with psychedelics, I, I love edibles now and then. But I usually try to take 5, 10 milligrams I've tried to cut back my weed usage over time. I've started to smoke strains that have far less THC, sometimes even like only 5 or 6%, which you can kind of get medically, at least in here in Colorado. And I think it's because more THC increases dopamine, which can increase psychosis. And I still have fun. I'll still have a hit now and then. But I really have tried to cut down those massive dopamine spikes because they have put me in these dangerous locations. I don't want to get stuck in a never-ending trip. And I learned that the hard way, and I luckily never encountered a trip so bad that I couldn't come back from. But I got pretty close more than once. And let me tell you, be afraid of that. You do not want to get stuck in a never-ending trip. Please proceed with caution. But at the same time, I hated when people would treat me like, when I'm doing this, oh, you don't know anything. Just don't do drugs. Just don't do drugs. Well, why? You don't know why. I learned why. This is why. And I'm not saying don't do them. I'm saying that's a safe alternative. Probably the safest. But if you are going to proceed with caution, especially in regards to amount and 
frequency of use. Those are two things that you need to monitor and ask yourself, am I becoming addicted to this drug because I'm needing it? I'm using it more frequently. I'm using it in greater amounts. Be honest with yourself. And if you can ask yourself these questions, you can hopefully maybe not have as a bumpy ride as I did here, as I said, with some of these psychedelics. But you can have an enjoyable experience using drugs that don't put you in a dangerous position. And there's a big reason I say I'm not a doctor because these are things no doctor would ever say. But I'm trying to be realistic. Drugs are a constant part of our life more so now more so than ever. And I think it's important, especially for mentally ill people, to know how to proceed with the usage of these drugs in a way that is somewhat safe. And speaking of that, what drugs can you live with in life? Like, I don't think one can use cocaine for a long period of time. And if we're being honest, I've only done cocaine like three times. I'm, I'm not a huge user. And, but there are other drugs like nicotine, drug, uh, nicotine, alcohol, and marijuana, which are more, I think they're the three most used drugs. Now, I think with all three of those drugs, one can develop a relationship that they can sustain over a long period of time, but one can also develop a relationship that can destroy you over time with all three of those drugs. And as I would say, point you to Andrew Huberman's podcast, he is going to have a much, but He's going to have all the scientific information, not all, but much more than I could ever explain there. And so I'd point you to him if you want a more scientific breakdown of those drugs. But I think starting with nicotine, nicotine, I've never got hooked on vapes or jewels. I can understand why, but they're very addictive and their convenience is the dangerous part. And it's not a drug like alcohol or weed that inebriates you to a great degree. So you can get very addicted on those. And it's why I stayed away from them, because they're so convenient. But at the same time, I love cigars. Cigars are really hard on your, and nicotine is really hard on your pancreas, so I can't enjoy them as much anymore. But I used to love a cigar, you know, at the end of the week, sit down and write something. Oh, they're great. Um, like I said, I would try to develop a reward structure where if I would complete all my work for the week, I could go do it. If I didn't, I wouldn't. And... I tried not to use them too much. Am I smoking too much? That's moving. That's a question you have to ask yourself. And I'm not the most experienced with, especially the jewel and all the different ways to vape. There's plenty of other people who have articulated the dangers and the benefits. And so I'm going to kind of leave it at that. Two, I can kind of talk more to because I have more experience are with alcohol and with weed. With alcohol, there is no safe amount of alcohol you can consume. That's just a fact. But it's really fun. And I think a lot of people can have a healthy relationship with alcohol where they have a couple drinks now and then and, and enjoy it and can say no when they've had enough. That's very important. Like I said, regulating the frequency and the amount. Moving more to, I guess, the final one, which was weed. This is one I've struggled with. I've definitely smoked too much weed at points in my life. Even now, I really try to be sober about three or four days a week, uh, mainly just to allow my body that time. And then it also allows me on the other three or four days to have the fun I want to have without having to worry about it too much. And I'm not perfect. I don't strict to it 
exactly and sometimes I make mistakes. But I do try to dep- have some degree of deprivation with my drug use because it does make, when I do use them, a lot more fun. And it does allow my body time to regulate itself. And with weed, over the past couple years, I've really tried to decrease the amount and the frequency because I was smoking every day. Sometimes I was smoking three grams at once. It was crazy. And I realized I can't continue this. But I don't want to give it up entirely. Some people get a little polarized where they go from doing it all the time to none. And then they only are able to maintain that sobriety for a couple weeks. And then they go back to using more than before. When... I kind of did a taper, I tapered my abstinence, maybe. I tapered it off over time, and I said, well, I smoke every day. Could I smoke for six days? Could I smoke for five days? Could I smoke for four days? Can I get the amount down? Can I just smoke a joint? And trying to establish a mode where I can still use the drug. I still love weed. I still really enjoy it. But I've been disciplined enough to isolate its use to three or four days a week and the amount I'm using has gone down and I'll still enjoy a drink now and then I'm st- still open to new experiences I'm not an anti-drug person in any way but you also have to be able to admit when you are chasing the dragon and this is a common phrase the dragon is that time in college when you first started doing drugs and they were amazing and it was awesome And then you kind of feel like, oh, I'm chasing that feeling I had once. And that's because your body had never tried these drugs, and then it tried them, and it was amazing. I think we're all chasing the dragon to some degree, but it's one thing you have to be honest with yourself when you are trying to chase a high that you're just never going to achieve. And are you trying to put so much of this importance chasing this dragon on the drug use itself rather than taking care of yourself in other areas of life? Those are hard questions to ask. When one of my cousins went off to college this year, this past year, first year, I told her, learn what it means to be young. And I learned that when I woke up in the hospital with pancreatitis for the second time and I wasn't sure I was going to wake up at all. Or the couple times I came back from a psychedelic trip, I'm not sure I'd come back from. And I realized that I was mortal and I was going to die one day. And I could kill myself if I continued my use of these drugs down this current path. And that I'm also mortal. I'm going to grow old. And I'm not going to be able to do these drugs all the time because I will have other responsibilities I have to take care of. That's okay. It's part of growing up. And let that happen. It's not all bad growing old getting older there's fun parts but if you're chasing the dragon there's nothing more disgusting than an old infant and that's what a bit of that is is trying to chase this childlike view of drugs and these experiences and i think it not only diminishes the experiences you did have but it diminishes the ones you will have and the quality of your life you have to know when to let it go You have to know when the dragon's old. He has to sit down, settle down in something more stable. And maybe he only goes out and flies 
now and then, but he still has his fun. But it's not what it used to be. But that's okay, because you still have those memories. And it's not that bad. Not really, if you let it. Because drugs can become your life, because they are really fun. And you can do them all the time, and you can kill yourself doing that. And you miss out on the rest of life. And hopefully you won't do that. I hope this was helpful for some people. And until the next time, be safe. But have fun.